Okay, so. <clears throat> I had a vision earlier. After I woke up, after the vision of my little cousin. And I can't remember it. But, like, different things have happened throughout the day today. So, I woke up, I prayed, I read the Bible, I listened to worship music. And, honestly, what I really want to talk about is just different things that feel like they're being brought to light. So, lately, I've been feeling like, you know... Whoever these individuals are, feel as if they're getting more comfortable and they've been waiting for the opportunity to get more comfortable where I'm not fighting them as much on everything so that they can truly reveal to me all that they have done and are doing. And the reason why they don't want to tell me now is because they're afraid I still have enough fight in me left that I'll probably do something that, you know, will foil their plans or, I don't know, that will just pull a different type of power so deep, that's buried so deep inside of me, out of me. And it'll, like, it'll it'll just provoke something that, you know, they don't feel like they can handle. That's what I genuinely feel like. That's the reason why. They don't want me to know really all that they've done because it's going to it's going to unleash and unlock a new power, a power that they don't really ever want to see me with or have. So they I know that they are afraid of that. They're intimidated by that power. I see that they they poke at me and they they go really far, but they always make sure that they haven't gone too far. They always make sure that they're in a safe zone. And I had already known this, but I just, I can't even lie, I play it safe too. Because I'm like, I don't want them to really know how much power I really have. Because when the time comes and they've taken it too far or it's really time for that fight and it's really time to end things completely, I wanted to, I wanted to be a surprise. Not only to them, but to me too. You know, because, you know, one of the main rules of survival is that you never show somebody all that you have. You never show them all that you're capable of. You never show them, you know, you never show them all your cards. You never do that. But I never felt like I was playing a game. So I can't even say that that's something I've been just going by. But it's like also at the same time, maybe it's just like instilled in me. Where it's just like, that's just how I am, really. But I did contemplate in the last few days, like, should I do things that way? Should I show them everything I got? Like, maybe I should show them everything I have because maybe that's the last thing that, you know, is requiring to this, to, to get to this next level. What's requiring to get to this next level is for them to see everything that I have. And... You know, I see the fear that they have of me. They're intimidated by me, which is why a lot of times they don't ever come alone. They need, you know, people to vouch for them. They need backup. And, 
you know, once they're more comfortable with where I'm at and what what type of reaction they're going to get, then they come along. But when they, you know, they still too afraid to be around me by, by themselves doing the stuff that they do. But that may not only just be because they're afraid of me. That may also have something to do with the fact that, you know, they're the kind of people that need a crowd, need, you know, some sort of, like, backup for everything that they do. You know, they're probably not the same person when when there's nobody around. So they need that. And I noticed that already because it's like every single time, whatever comes down to, you know, doing this in front of a crowd or, you know, showing out in a way or putting on a show for other people, they always have to have that. They have to have it. They would rather die then see me have that. And I see they fight and go so hard about that. And it's not that I can't fight and go so hard about that with them. It's just that I realize, like, that's not important to me. That's not important to me. What's important to me is what's going on behind the scenes. What's important to me is what's going on for real, even when nobody's in the room, even when nobody else is around. That's what's important to me. So I realize, like, if I fight them, all these different people, these crowds, they got all of this show, this show that they putting on, the lies that they tell, the things that they do to, you know, make it look like what it's not. And the unnecessary battles I would have to fight constantly, consistently, all the time because it's in front of a crowd. I'm like, that's not even worth it. And I noticed that God did it for a reason like that because he also, he wants me to be very humble. He wants me to remain who I am and he wants me to not need, you know, this, the validation of the world, only his validation, you know, in order to truly represent his kingdom. He does not want somebody who needs the validation of the crowd because it so easily changes you. It boosts your head up. It, you know, it provokes pride and vanity and arrogance. You know, it kind of incites it. Where your head gets real big and you start thinking like, this is me and, you know, I did this and now it's I, I, I instead of God. You know, God placed me in this position. God did this for me. God is, you know, my God. God is doing this. You know, God everything. So it's so easy, easily forgotten when you have a whole bunch of people, you know, boosting your head up saying, you this, you that. All these compliments all the time making you feel like you're so big and so great. And then idolizing you, it's so easy to take the attention off of God. And then you become lost in it. And I've always feared that. But at the same time, I didn't doubt myself that I would, you know. I know that that's, it's fragile, but at the same, it's not fragile for me. It's fragile for human emotion, period. But I know that I, you know, I trust God enough that he can make me the individual that, you know, remains grounded and humble. And I know that this process is me being prepared for that. Obviously, I have all these people around me, but I'm not allowed to be, you know, big-headed. I mean, I can be big-headed, but God's not there. He's not there when I'm big-headed. When I'm big-headed, I have to humble myself completely, or I cannot be in his presence at all. The Bible says that you have to enter, enter God's presence with the spirit of humility. 
And if I lack humility, I can't even be in God's presence. Like, a lot of times when I come to God and I have the attitude, he immediately humbles me. Or he won't speak to me. He won't allow me in his presence until I humble myself completely. I cannot come in his presence with that attitude. And, like, honestly, with everything that's surrounding was going on, needing God around me at all times, needing God to help me fight these battles, needing God to, you know, prepare the way for me and make a way for me when there's no way. I realized that, you know, he's always there for me. He never abandons me. But he's reminding me that these individuals, you know, a lot of these individuals who's boosting your head up or who wants you to get the big head or who is, you know, a lot of times supporting you in certain times they not they don't be there for you at when you at your lowest they don't be care they don't care about you when nobody else care about you you know it was only me and you at one point god is always constantly reminding me that he doesn't constantly remind me but he has placed something in me that's a constant reminder that nobody else was there it was just me and god i just remember just like feeling like it was I was surrounded by millions all around everybody was whatever they was doing stumping kicking me trying to kill me I felt the intent behind it they were trying to kill me and now that everybody's you know here and it's like you know I'm in a different place now you know I never feel too far from there I never feel too far from that place where nobody was with me. And I know that it sounds like repetitive, like you were saying, nobody was there. You know, I had to get you know, I had to get it from the bottom and so da, da, da. and then this is like honestly it's funny how a lot of rappers be saying this, a lot of artists be saying this, a lot of anybody who ever made it to a different position in life says this. At one point it was nobody there but me and God. I had nobody. You know, and I wonder, you know, if they go through the same experience that I'm dealing with. You know, I almost feel like they definitely do. I feel like it might be a universal experience, but why do I still feel like not everybody is, you know, even given opportunity, you know, to deal with that? Only because I noticed that there's a lot of people who are just going to fall way too quickly or way too easily. Like, I'm not doing that, you know, I'm not doing the work. Like, that's, you know, I'm. <laughs> I'm going to take the easy way out because I'm not doing all of that. I'm not going through all of that. No, you know, they don't make it that far. But I don't know. I really don't know. Like, because I feel like whether you want to take the easy way out or not, like, I feel like you still may have to go through that, even though you want to take the easy way out. It's like, nope, anyways, just because you know, I want to do it just because they want to do it. Like, and I'm also like, you know, it's something that like has, it's like they laughing and they're kind of like talking about the they thing. I keep saying they, 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 but they know who they are. So, you know, you know, I'm still going to say they, but I do notice that, you know, God is responsible and control for a lot of this that is going on and I'm really trying to get a grasp on exactly what is going on because like daily I get you know 
Like, it's like they try to choke me up, choke me up behind my words. Like, oh, so you do know what's going on. So you're admitting that you know what this is. So you're admitting that you know what's going on. And honestly, it's like, I mean, you're here, you know. A lot of times when I'm saying different stuff like, you know, they weren't here the whole time or they weren't here for this or they weren't here for that. You are so quick to remind me that everybody was here. We all know we were all there. But so how wouldn't you know that I, whether I know or not, was going on? If you were here the whole time, I'm just trying to understand how you wouldn't know whether I know or not. Because if you were here the whole time and that's something that you always remind me of, then you should be reminded that I don't know. Because I haven't known the whole time. And I feel that that's something that you make sure of. So it's like, I know what this, I know what it is. But like I said, when it's like, when it's about proving a point, when it's about, you know, seeking validation from this world, they go so hard about that. And I cannot go so hard about that. You know, it it gets to the point where I just got to know what I know because I do a lot of times feel, you know, just like surrounded surrounded and like I got I have God you know I know that's why I'm surrounded but you know still like I just get exhausted fighting all these unnecessary battles it's it's worth it to them but it's not worth it to me so it exhausts me but the only time I'm not exhausted when I'm fighting a battle that's worth fighting for like God you know, when it's about God, I look back at the fight and I was like, oh, yeah, I was all in. I was ready for that. Like, I didn't even notice that I was willing to, you know, go the extra mile for that. And I, I, you know, I would have to assume that that's how they feel when they fighting about what they fighting about. But that just shows the different mentalities. You know, you care so much what people think and I care so much what God think, you know. So it's like I see that. When it's about God, you know, I don't think, I don't even think about it. I'm just, I'm just for it. But, you know, for you, when it's about impressing people, when it's about proving a point, you don't even think about it. You're just for it. So I see the different fights. Like, it's not that, you know, we were, I guess we both might be fighters. I mean, or we all might be fighters, but it's about what we decide to fight for. And that's obvious. But, you know... Yet still, I just I just noticed you know a few a few things. I noticed a few things. So I noticed that they're trying to get me to a place where I'm more like immersed or attached or like wore down, so that they can kind of like drop the bomb on me, like everything that they've done and everything that they're doing. And what they are up to and are trying to do. And I've been saying to myself, you know, I know what you're trying to do. And I'm telling you at any time that you drop that bomb and it's something I'm just not cool with and I'm just not feeling that. And you feel like you're doing something. I'm telling you, it's going to be a different day that day. It's going to be, you're going to see a different me. That might be the day I show up. It depends on what it is you drop on me. But I don't want to say anything for sure because, like I said, I'm never too far from where God, where God has shown me. 
He has humbled me to a point to show me that, you know, any and everything might happen, might happen to you. And I may allow that. I'm not always going to save you from everything. But you can't say that on this day I'm going to do this and on this day I'm going to do that because, you know, it's all in God's will. And if he intends for me to endure this type of stuff for in his name, I just have to. Because a lot of this stuff, I'm like, you know, I never let that happen. I don't care. I'm going to fight about that. But then I have to realize, like, God, he's 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 making it so clear, you know, what he wants me to really be fighting for and about. So I'm having to narrow down all these different things that I would normally want to fight about. And I'm having to release this stuff. And sacrifice this stuff for the new me. And, you know, it. a lot of times it's just, it's, it's pride. It's pride that don't want me to admit that. It's pride that don't really want me to even let stuff go. But, you know, I had to choose God or pride. God or pride. And like I said, Satan, he was drawn away from God with pride, vanity, and arrogance. He was perfect. He was beautiful. He was you know, the strongest angel in heaven. And he was literally perfect. And he fell from grace because of pride, vanity, arrogance. And I always used to ask myself all the time growing up, what, how could anybody be in God's presence knowing his, you know, the magnitude of his, like, brilliance, his sovereignty, his love, his... He's wonderful, everything, all of that. He's amazing. How can anybody be in the presence of him and know this? Like, a lot of us down here, we are ignorant, we're blind, we're led astray. We don't really know. We think we know, but we don't really all the way know who God is. We haven't experienced him, you know, enough. And we need that experience. And once we get that experience, sometimes, like, no, anybody, everybody, I believe he can transform anybody with the right, ex- with just because just cause of who God is. He's God. But how could you know who he is? Like, it's not that you're ignorant. It's not that you can't see or blind. Maybe sin and wickedness, pride, vanity, arrogance can blind you. But you are aware of who he is. You see what he does. You're right next to him in all his plans. And, you know, he's made you perfect. How could anybody, you know, take God for granted at that point? How could any angel, because angels are different from, you know, humans. They were created before and we are made perfect in God's image. So that means there's a difference between angels and us. You know, they're servants. Angels are servants. So, but they also have free will and choice. So, how? How could, I always ask myself, how could anybody, you know, be in God's presence to begin with, born in heaven, and want to come down? Why would you ever want to leave God's presence? You know, I was born here, and I'm wondering, like, what I got to do my whole life? What do it take to get to heaven? You know, that's my dream. I want to be there one day. And I couldn't imagine. I just never could imagine. That might just be my own perspective, but I could never imagine somebody being born in heaven and wanting to come, wanting to be anywhere else. 
But as I said, pride, vanity, arrogance is blinding. And so a lot of times I'm dealing with that, like God or pride. And so it's like God or Satan. Because when you choose pride, when you choose anything over God, you're choosing Satan. Because that's idolatry. And, you know, it's betrayal. It's a lot of things. So I try my best to be very careful. But I'm human. I make mistakes. I can never be too careful in a, you know, in a world, in a way this, in a way that, in un, how unfair this world is really set up. I could really never be too careful because no matter how careful you are, you're going to run into situations that cannot be avoided and that cannot be controlled. And it's all in God's plan. And I trust him anyway. So it's really not more about being careful, careful or being perfect or being right or being all the time obedient. It's more just about trust and faith in God, regardless of the situation. So I'm seeing that. I'm seeing that, you know, I cannot have plans for what I will and will not do. What I am and am not going to be. What I'm hanging on to and what I know I'll never do or never have to go through or never have. never Places I'll never, I never feel like I'll be. Like things I never feel like I'll see. I cannot be so sure. So after speaking on it now, I really feel like that's clarity on my misunderstanding of like God's plan for my life and his plan versus my plan. So you're not supposed to make plans for yourself. And I think that that's, that's not as clarity. It's like something just broke off me in the spirit. That's clarity. It's like, that's an answer prayer right there because you know, I make plans every day. Well, we make plans with our attitudes. We make plans in the spirit. We make plans with our character, who we build ourselves up to be. I plan to be this person. I plan to be that person. I plan to never do this. I plan to never experience that. Nobody's ever going to put me in this position. Nobody's ever going to play me like that. Nobody's ever going to say this to me. I'm never going to end up with this kind of person. I'm never going to do this. You know, all the stuff, we're planning things and you just never know God's plan for your life. You don't, and a lot of times it's, it can be completely opposite of what you ever wanted or expected to happen. And sometimes it aligns up with, you know, your dreams and ambitions. God knows, the Bible said God know your, knows your heart's desires and he loves you. He will provide to you your heart's desires. But, you know, that doesn't always mean that it's going to align with your plans, you know, you never, sometimes you don't even really know what's in your heart. Sometimes God reveals to you different things that are in your heart that you never knew truly existed. And he's done that for me. You know, I I look forward to him doing that more in the future. Like I see it. But, you know... As I say, you know, I just have, you can never know. You never know the plans that God has for you. And you can't ever get too mindset on anything. But yet still, I feel that the attitude that I have, like, I'm never going to let this happen. I'm never going to let that happen. This is not going to happen. This gonna, That's not going to happen. It's not all the way wrong because it requires that fight 
to, you know, ward off the enemy. The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee from you. So, you know, I'm saying I'm never going to let the devil do this. I'm never going to let the devil do that. That's my fight. You know, that's, you know, who I am. That's what I'm willing, the length that I'm willing to go to for God. And maybe it's in God's plans that, you know, I fail. Or maybe it's in God's plans that it doesn't work out the way I intended it, intended it to. But, you know, he'll always keep me. He'll always keep me. I'll always be kept. He'll never leave me nor forsake me. And I can trust him. I just have to believe him no matter what. So the reason why I say that is because I got to a point where I'm fighting the enemy. And it's like, you know, I got to a point where I'm like, I, I never would even allow anybody to say this much about God or go this far about God or do this. And I got to the point where I got so tired and I felt so weak that, you know, different things were being, you know, pushed, like limits were being pushed with me, you know. But clearly it's all part of God's plan because he's not giving up on me. He's not, you know, allowing this to conquer me or take me away from him. So he must have wanted it to happen. He wants that to happen. Just like, you know, when I was fighting the enemy and everything that he was saying, you know, to me, I was like, would God really allow him to say all of this to me? You know? And, you know, God wanted me to not only let him say that to me, but, you know, have a spirit of grateful gratitude, have a spirit of humility, you know, not be provoked, not even respond and, you know, focus on love. Even when surrounded by that much hate and that much, you know, just, I, just the vilest things I've ever heard in my life. I've ever heard in my life. I couldn't believe you know, and just for somebody to say these things with a smile on their face, so wicked and so twisted and so lost. But, you know, God wanted that. That's what God wanted because it, it showed me something that, you know, I always knew, but I never wanted to admit to myself and I almost wanted to hate God, you know, if he ever made me go through something like this for him or for anything or for anybody. Because I said to myself, you know, I said to myself, God, I don't know why you allow certain things to happen to me in my life, but I couldn't control those things. You could. I didn't blame him. Maybe I did. I don't know. I might have to deal with that. I'm still, I am dealing with that. I'm being healed in that way. But these things I can't control. And I'm not, I'm going to control these things. I'm not going to let these things happen to me. And if you not, you know, you being in control of everything but not 
stopping certain things that I was that were that were out of my control. But you expect me to allow something that's in my control to happen and it's you know just as vile, just as heinous, etc. I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do that. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to submit that over to you, you know, and almost challenging God with your attitude and your belief system. Like if it ever gets to this point, you know, then, you know, God just going to have to somehow bow or submit to my authority. Like it's, it's, you, you don't think it's that deep, but it's that deep. Cause you say, if it ever gets to this point, yeah, you know, I'm not doing it. And God just going to have to make this work out for me. Or God's just gonna have to, you know, keep me. Or you, you're, you're saying to yourself that at certain levels you will not go too far, God. And He's gonna try you. He's gonna test you. What do you mean you love me? What do you mean you're doing anything for me? What do you mean that you need me and you want me? You want to live in my will. You want to be more like Jesus. You want me to transform you in your life. What do you mean? But but when it gets to a certain level or limit, all that goes out the window. You really don't submit to my authority. You really don't love me unconditionally. You really won't do anything for me. I'm going to need you to prove that. And I see it. <laughs> I see it. But only the strong survive. Because, yeah, it's going to be that one thing. You think that, okay, he can try this and he can try that. And you think that you know what you can handle and it's going to be what you can't handle. It's going to be what you can't handle. And it got to, he, he knows, he trusts that he placed enough power in you that you will prevail no matter what. He knows. But you may not, you may not believe it 100%, though you know. Because I knew, I knew that if it came down to it, you know, I'm not letting go of God for nothing. I'm not letting go of God for nothing in this world. Even though I still had things in my heart that was like, you know, never, never will I ever go through that for anything or anybody. You know, I wouldn't say not even God, but in my heart, I may have felt not even God. Not even God will I go through this for. And deep in my heart, really, I was never saying that because if I'm saying I'm never letting God go, no matter what. And he's always going to be here. And I'm really just saying that God is going to have to just never let that happen then. Because I don't know what I'm going to do in that situation type. And like, I can't imagine God being who he is and me knowing his character right now. Like, or better now. I can't imagine him being who, him being who he is and ever feeling like that's okay. He requires a spirit of humility that we almost cannot even embody as humans. Because... We are so, you know, full of ourselves. We want to be our own gods. Being in his presence, I got as humble as I possibly could. And that was at the experiencing, you know, him making something very clear. That he is God. And nobody tells him what to do. But... That's still not being nowhere near where I needed to be. So that shows me that, you know, 
really, we we probably could never be as humble. No, I don't want to say we can never. I don't want to say anything is impossible, but it's probably very, very difficult to be as humble as God truly needs you to be. So, I just, you know, after, after this experience, after everything, you know, this is what I talked about, you know, this, the Pastor Mike Todd video. That was on my heart earlier today because I saw lyrics being written. I saw a vision of some lyrics being written. And the lyrics said, you know, she said she'll she'll let spigot rub all over her face for me and such and such and such and such. And I forget all the lyrics, but you know, I feel like I know who that was writing that. And I was not talking about them. When I said I would have spigot rub, rubbed all over my face. I was not talking about them. First of all, I don't even know if I truly said I would have spit rubbed all over my face. I'm just saying there's no length that would stop me from getting to God. Nothing. Especially after everything that I've gone through. I'm just going to have to go through whatever. If that requires spit on my in my face. Because I have been spit on like, every single day, God is showing me I'm being spit on. Even earlier today, I was reminded. I'm spit on. Like, they're spitting on me in the spirit. You know, they're doing more than just spitting on me. They're attacking me. They are sexually abusing me. They are abusing me. They are, you know, emotionally, physically, all of this stuff. I'm being abused spiritually. And it's off in the name of God. And I have to stay faithful to God no matter what happens. Like, I don't get a second of peace. And I have to remain faithful to God. And I, this is why I, in a way, defended his video. Because I know where his mind was at. His head was kind of at with that. And a lot of people are so in so much in outrage about it. And he had to even issue an apology video. And I knew that he was going to have to do that because this world is reprobate minds. Reprobate minds. They think bad is good and good is bad. And I'm not saying they supposed everybody's supposed to be okay and not outraged with spit being rubbed over somebody's face. He And this is in no way saying that he is God. And maybe he didn't have to demonstrate in that way. But regardless of anything, you know, his point was still made. It's certain levels and lengths that people are like, I'm never going to go through that. I never want to see that. That's outrageous to ever have to do that for God. This is why I don't go to church. This is why I don't read my Bible. This is why I don't believe in God. Because I can never stand and see anything like this ever happen, you know, to me for God. He should never let you have, you should never have to go through that for God. And it's like, what are you going through for your own sins? What are you going through for the things that you choose every single day. You may not have deliberate, you know, actual, literal spit in your face, but you're still being spit on every single day the way you're living. And you know, you feel it in your spirit. You feel it in your heart. You feel it in your soul. You're spit on. You're worse than spit on. You're stepped on. You're stabbed. 
you are, I don't even want to say the S word, but you are a poop, you are pooped on. Like, you're peed on, you're all of that. You're everything, every single day for this sin, every single day for, you know, these individuals in this world that don't, that don't love you like God, that don't have you like God, that won't care for you like God. And I hear so, it's, this, this is something that's been on my heart, like, so crazy. It's like, it's, it's something that I was, I've been battling my pride to admit to myself and to really address. But I remember the post, like, how men are with women. How come, or just period, people in relationships, girl, sometimes women are like this with men. How come you allow all of this from this individual? But when it comes to me, you are like, nah, I'm not allowing that from you. You, it's not that you want to allow it. You just want to allow it from me. And that shows your dedication to somebody else or your dedication to another individual as opposed to your dedication to me. It shows where I stand with you. It makes a very clear point that I don't, you know, hold such a very, you know, precious place in your heart like this individual or like these things. And when you do all this stuff for this world, but you won't do all that for God, you go through all this stuff for this world, but you won't go through all of that for God, you'll, you know, submit over your authority for all the things of this world, like money and popularity and status and all this other stuff, but you won't go through that for God. You're showing him where he stands to you. And how do you expect him to save you from these things of this world that leave you in places that you could never get out on your own? You want God to come and save you, but you would never get to that place for him. In his name. So, like, I, it was hard for me to really come to understand it and admit that to myself because I said, it's so true. You know, it used to be for different guys who would say that to me, you know. Oh, I know you do this or that for this guy, but you won't do this or that for me. And I will always get so offended, like, you don't know what I do for them. Or you don't know what I do for somebody else. Or, you know, just because I do this something, something for somebody else don't mean I'm going to do it for you. Whatever response I had, I was offended. Because if you're not offended, you won't even entertain it at all. Like, what? Whatever. You don't know what you're talking about. You know, you won't even think twice about somebody saying something like that when you're not truly offended. But I would get offended because it is true. It is true. You know, we pick and choose who we want to go to certain lengths for. We pick and choose who we want to do certain things for. And that's kind of what this battle that I'm facing is all about. I'm surrounded by a bunch of individuals that will go to such great lengths for anything but God. And here I am, willing to go to all those lengths they go to and then some for him. And it's so rare that, you know... I am feeling like the only one. I'm not, but I'm feeling like the only one. And I'm mocked. I'm laughed at every day. I'm still in this situation. I, a lot of times I look up and I say, I may not ever get out of this situation. 
And it's not because I doubt God, but it's because maybe if that's God's will for my life, for me to stay in this situation for the rest of my life, then I would just, I, you know, I have to be that dedicated to him. Even though I want it to be better, I want to move forward. I want to go do something. I want to, you know, be in a different place. But if this is really God's will for my life, I would have to accept it. I can't say, nah, God want me to stay here forever. Then I'm just going to have to do something else. I'm just going to have to disobey him. I'm just going to have to make different moves because that's what we do. He loves us anyways. He shows mercy and grace. He will forgive you. But, you know, narrow is the path to eternal life. Narrow is the path. So that means there's not a lot of people on it. It's hard. It's harder than the rest of these paths that are wide and broad. A lot of people are there. It's harder. So you can't say up until this point, I got God. Up until this point, I do anything for God. Up until this point, I'm willing to go to this length for God. Then you stop at a certain point. If you stop there, God's going to require that you move past it. And when you don't move move past that, then you'll be stuck forever behind it until you're willing to move forward. And sometimes he don't even give you the option. It's like either move past this this point for me or go another way. Because... I'm over here. I'm 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 on the other side of that. I need you to get over here. And what are you going to do? Are you going to say come get me or I'm never moving forward or are you going to say fine, I forget you. I'm going to I'm going with Satan cuz that's what everybody do. That's what everybody do. They get to a point they like, you know, forget forget God. I'm going to Satan. Because I, I'm not going that far. I'm not doing that much. And then you get over to Satan and Satan's like, do all this and then some and don't ever stop. Jump over this loop, climb this barbed wire fence, electric too. You know, get stabbed, all this stuff. Go through all of this stuff for me and you get nothing and you suffer. But you feel like you got something. You think you getting something. And that suffering was is never gonna stop because where you're going is a place where, you know, it's it's never gonna stop. No breaks. No protection from God. Cause he's still protecting you, even when you over there going down Satan's path. So the thing is, it's like you say, I won't do this for God, or I'll never go to this this lane for God, or I can't believe this. This is why I don't go to church. This is why I don't read my Bible no more. This is why I don't believe in God. And you're going through all these things anyways in life. But you're just not going through it for God. So that reminds me of that scripture. You know, blessed is he who is persecuted in the name of the Lord. Blessed is he who is persecuted in the name of God. Go through whatever you're going through. Matter of fact, make it add up. It's something that was... You know, on my heart recently, like if I had every dollar I ever spent my whole life right now, I'd be a millionaire, maybe even a few million. I mean, every cent ever spent my entire life. Some people might say, no, nah, I ain't never came across that much money. But you just don't understand these expenses add up. I mean, every cent that you ever touched or was even spent on you or in your name. You probably be a millionaire. We don't understand how this stuff adds up. So think about everything you've ever been through, period. Imagine if that was for God. And if you could turn that into dollars, you'd be a millionaire, right? But 
we don't see that. We don't see that we go through all of this stuff for sin. We go through all of this stuff for Satan. We go through all of this stuff for other people. We go through all of this stuff for our own selfish desires, but we won't go through it for God. And you're going through it anyways. You're going through it anyways. And it's just sad to me. It's sad to me because, you know, you never feel like it's a big price to pay when it's for whatever, you know, selfish desire you wanted. Like, I want to be able to flex in front of these people. I want to be able to show off in front of these people. So whatever you had to go through was worth it. Even if you got to cry at, cry alone in your bed or cry alone at night out to God about the suffering that you got to go through for it, about what you've been through, about what you're dealing with, yet still, it was worth it because you got to show off, you got to prove a point, be validated by this world. You got that, you know, you got the attention, you got to keep your pride. You may not even got to keep your pride. You might even had to go through that. Some people is going through that in private and in public, but they still feel like it's worth it because I got this money. Because I got all these people, you know, looking up to me, idolizing me because I'm in a position of the people are not in because, you know, I look a certain way. And imagine if you're going through that for God. Imagine if we all went through that, like, felt that way that it was all worth it like that for God. If we thought about it, if we thought about it that way, it wouldn't even feel like the cost was that much. I checked myself because even though I am going through all this for God, I oftentimes find myself grumbling and complaining. The Bible says God hates a complainer. He does not he does he does not like grumbling and complaining. And I might be willing to go through this for God, but a lot of times I'm like, God, where are you? Why am I going through this? Why this? Why me? Why? Da, da, da. Everything I got to say. And I'm just crying, crying about it. But, excuse me, a constant reminder is you wasn't crying when, you know, you got to be this person to people. You got to feel good in this way because you was getting attention or getting being validated or you got to keep your pride or you got to be vain and you got to be arrogant. You weren't crying about the, you know, risk you took. You weren't crying about the price you paid. You weren't crying about it then because you felt like it was worth it to you because other people validate you. You have people around you that make you feel like it's worth it in a way or for whatever reason you feel like it was worth it, you don't even think twice about the cost. You don't think twice about the fight. You don't think twice about, you know, everything you putting into something when you is something you want. But when it's God, you know, you think twice about it. When it's God, you complain about it. When it's God, you count every second, every penny spent on it. Like, what makes what? Why do you feel like what? what how do you feel like God will feel? Of course, God is like you know, you ain't counting the cost. For that sin, like that. You run into that so quick. You don't count the cost every day, but I do. But when it come to me, you counting it and you you are so stingy. You are so nitpicky. You are so hesitant. 
you counting the cost for me like it's just so costly. As if that sin ain't way more costly. I love you way more than Satan. And one thing that, you know, I really felt like is sticking out to me for real is that I feel like when people get to to hell, Satan is going to be right there like, you know, what you crying for? You was not crying when you was doing this. You weren't crying when you was doing that. You weren't crying when God was calling you to him, telling you what it is you needed to do, and you just wasn't doing it. You wasn't crying then, but you want to cry now. He's not going to feel bad for you. I promise. Not for one second is he going to feel bad for you. He's going to be like, increase the torment. Every time they cry, increase the torment. Every time they complain, increase the torment. Every time you scream, increase the torment. Because he don't care about you. He don't love you. He hates you. Satan is the enemy, not of God. He can never be God's enemy. He's the enemy of man. He's the enemy of you. But we don't count the costs when we deal with him. Because a lot of times we are selfish. Selfishly driven. God is counting the costs for you. He He takes account of every single last thing you do in your whole life. Every little thing. Everything. It's a whole book about you in heaven. And he counts the cost for you. He knows how much you cost. He knows how much this costs. Jesus paid the price for your life already when he died on the cross. He paid in his blood, his innocent blood. His innocent, perfect blood because he never sinned. He paid for you already. But that does not mean that you're not still going to have to pay for your sin in hell. Because you have to choose him. And you have to be intentional about choosing God. Which means you can't say, if it gets to this point or it gets to that point, I'm not doing it. It gets to this point or it gets to that point, I'm out of here, God. I can't handle it. I'm not. I'm over it. You can't do that because... You're choosing Satan when you do that. Maybe you think it's not fair. Excuse me. It is what it is. You know, you cut somebody off if you see that, you know, maybe not everybody, but you'll cut somebody off if you see that when it comes to somebody else, they just lavishly spending they all the time they got in the world and all the love, care, attention. Everything they got in the world for this person. But when they come to you, they they pennies for you. They barely got anything for you. You ready to cut somebody off if they do you like that. So God who loves you in heaven is showing so much mercy and grace and forgiveness towards you and understanding. He's giving you chance at the chance at the chance at the chance. But we have to understand that we serve a God who is perfect. And he understands everything. He is in control. And you're headed in the wrong direction. He can save everybody. The Bible says Jesus Christ can save any and everybody except those headed for destruction. Headed for destruction. So I see that. I see that. And I'm not just saying this, you know. Like, I'm not taking this into account for my own experiences. I'm actually speaking my own testimony. This is things I'm learning. This is stuff that I'm learning. This is stuff that I'm, you know, 
considering every day. Like, you know, I complain. I'm exhausted. I'm tired, God. I can't do this. I need you. I don't want to get up. I don't, you know, and I think about, so what else am I, am I going to do? I'm going to get up and go do what I want to do? Is that what I'm saying to God? Like, God, I can't handle it. Bye. I can go do that, but he's already shown me what that consists of. The second you get up from off the path that he has you on, you're walking down a path with Satan. So you feel like it's not fair. You feel like, no, God understands. He loves you. He'll keep you. He'll protect you. Yes, he loves you. Yes, he'll keep you. Yes, he'll protect you. But that is what you are doing. Regardless, you still walking with Satan because he told you what he needs you to do. He's told you what he required of you. And I'm also dealing with the realization that, you know, I look around and I see that, you know, Satan, he's like, he's very involved. He's very involved with a lot of this stuff that's going on. And he he really, like, I hear Christians a lot of times, like, you know, being so relaxed and, you know, they, a lot of times Christians are talking about, you don't have to worry about that. You don't have to do that. You don't have to go through this. But the issue is, you know, they are leading you astray. They sugarcoating it. They telling you. You know, don't worry about this. Just let it go and let God. You get to this point, no matter what you feel like, let it go. Listen, it says let go and let God. But you have to understand that God requires a certain level from you. If he asks you to do something, if he's guiding you down a certain path, he expects you to go that way. And if you decide to go another way, you are disobeying him. You are deliberately disobeying him. And don't think that he did, He was not paying attention when it came to something you selfishly wanted to do. And it required you to do something or a little more than, you know, maybe you bargained for and you was, you was all for it. It was like, okay, I guess I'm just going to have to do it then. You didn't even, you may have seen it as hard. You may have seen it as, you know, costly, but you didn't, you know, you weren't as concerned about the work that needed to be done. You weren't as concerned about what was required from you. Because I noticed that just like the saying, when you're lazy, you know, you end up doing a, a lot more work in the long run. My parents, excuse me, my parents used to teach me growing up as a child, do it right the first time. Because if you have do it, you're just going to end up having to do it over. And you end up doing more work. Just do it right the first time. And I noticed that in life. It's like you feel like you're taking the easy way out. Going with Satan, you end up doing way more work than God would have required from you. You might as well just take the path God led you on. It looks harder. It appears harder. And just because of the isolation and the, you know, how lonely that path sometimes seems because a lot of people are going down this way. It looks funner. It looks better. It looks more enticing and tempting. Of course, that's what Satan does. He tempts. So it's just going to look like it's harder. It looks like you're doing more work, but you're not. 
you're doing more work with Satan. Way more work. Satan's like, I'm going to work you to the bone. And I'm not even going, I'm not going to stop there. I don't care about you. I'm not God. God loves you. God is like my precious child. I love them so much. Please, you know, everything that hurts you hurts me. Satan is like, I love hurting you. I will never get tired of hurting you. What makes you think I care? That is hard. It's only going to get harder. So you have an opportunity while you're here. While God is still here. To do that work for him instead. Because you're doing it anyways. And then some. Don't even notice it. And it's like I'm going through so much right now. I had to contemplate this. I had to consider it. I'm like all this I'm going through. Like you know. I can't I can't believe, you know, I have to go through all of this and I'm complaining all this other stuff. I don't understand why God would take me down this path. But with all that I'm going through and all that I see that Satan is capable of, you know, I can't help but feel like, wow, imagine how much I you know, obviously I see all that I've gone through all the way up until this point, putting myself through, you know, feeling like it it doesn't cost as much, but in the long run it's hurting, I'm suffering, I'm being tortured. Ten times more. Ten times more. And doing way more work. And I could just only imagine with Satan how much more work I'd be doing. It just would appear that I'm not. Because every single night I went to sleep, every single day I felt like killing myself. I suffered anxiety and severe depression for years. You know, insomnia. And, you know not prospering with certain activities and things that I really wanted to prosper in, things I really wanted to do, quitting things when I know that I can complete them, but just never feeling motivated enough to do things and just crying all the time or suffering deep inside my soul, feeling empty, feeling lost, not knowing what I'm doing, where I'm going, so broken, you know, going through all of this stuff daily or Everywhere I go, every all the time, feeling like it's written all over my face, hiding it, all this suffering that I will do and everything that I will go through 10 times more down the wrong path. And it feels so hard right now. But the love, the healing, the being the fulfillment in my soul is so priceless. It is so priceless. I know it's more way worth it. It's way worth it. It's way worth it. And I cannot lie and pretend as if some days I don't get, you know, very so exhausted, so tired, and so sad that I wonder if it's worth it. But deep inside my soul is a happiness, a peace, a love I've never felt in my life before. This is worth it. It's always going to be more worth it. And... You know, the thing is, you can go down these paths and you can do what you want to do anyways. It's free will. Do it. Who's going to stop you? Whatever. But God is there. He's keeping track of everything that you're doing. He knows you. He loves you. And he sees your suffering even when you want to admit it to yourself. He knows that you are suffering. He knows how to help you. He wants to help you. He's right there for you. And this is the stuff that money cannot buy. Satan cannot provide. Nothing on in this world or on this planet is going to be able to fulfill this when you lack it. But God. 